Then I go through my program, which I call the dog calming code, which ties into this, why are dogs stressed? Why? Because at the end of the day, so many of these dogs, when you put this, the dog calming code in place, which is my fun, fundamental program, when you put that in place, you're pretty much saying to the dogs, hey, buddy, I'm in charge. I got this covered. You switch off and relax. It's almost like, who's in charge around here? I am. And the dog's able to take a big sigh and go, finally. Welcome to the Pet Care Report podcast by Pet Summits. Here's your dog training host, Melissa Vieira. Welcome back. Today's episode is all about stress in dogs. So how does stress manifest and what exactly can you do if you think your dog is experiencing stress? Our expert guest today is just the person to guide us through this topic. Doggy Dan is a dog behaviorist, author, and TV celebrity in his home country of New Zealand. He is the creator of The Online Dog Trainer, a dog training platform which over 88,000 dog lovers utilize. His method relies on the much-forgotten bond between dogs and people rather than solely relying on food or corrections. Doggy Dan says that once you connect with a dog and you set up a healthy relationship, up to 80% of problems disappear. So thank you so much, Doggy Dan, for being here. Before we dive into this topic, can you tell us just a little bit about your unique experience and background? Sure. Um, so you could say I got into dogs late in a way as a, as a profession. I had a lot of um, careers growing up. I've been a policeman. I'm a qualified civil engineer. I've been a maths teacher. When I moved into the dog training 15 years ago, I stumbled across this phenomenal method. The very first dog that I trained using this approach, the owners turned around and, and, and pretty much said, because I was, following, I was following one of the top trainers in my area who'd been doing this for years. And so I was a bit terrified. I thought, what can I teach this guy? You know, they had two little Rottweiler puppies. And I thought, this is my first ever consult. And I turned up there and I shared what I knew. And the guy looked at me after an hour and he said, I've learned more from you in the last hour than I did with that other trainer over the last five weeks. And that's when I knew I, I was working something different. So, yeah, the, the, the method that I'm using and, and my entry into it is a strange one because the way I see the world is you've got trainers who use a lot of, you know, for want of a better word, corrections, shock collars, prong collars. You know, you cause the dog enough pain and the dog changes their behavior. Then you have the treats, people using treats to train the dog. And I don't mind using treats. However, there's there's something even more powerful. Um, and that's what I'm so passionate about. I, I use an approach which is really about how to connect with the dog. And that's what I did with those two little Rottweiler puppies. I connected with them so that without the use of any food and without me using any kind of force or, or, or aggression, they loved me so much. No, I still remember, we, he was a very rich man. He had these two huge wooden doors and his dogs had been charging out like crazies and, uh, and barking and wouldn't listen to him or his wife or his kids. And I opened those, I opened those doors and before I said that, I said, sit, wait. And those dogs waited. We opened the doors. I said, wait. And he looked at me as if I'd done some magic. 
and I could walk those two puppies out. I said, walk, walk, walked around. They were calm, different dogs. So for me, that was about the connection. It wasn't about bribes and food. It wasn't about me scaring them and hurting them. It's the connection. And that's the piece which is, seems like we've lost that piece. People have forgotten there is a way of connecting so deeply with these animals that they will follow you and listen to you. However, you have to learn their language. And this is the bit where, you know, I always say to people, to help a dog, you have to think like a dog. You can't think like a bird. You can't think like a fish. You can't think like a human. You can't apply human psychology and apply that to your dog. And that's where I look at a lot of dog training and so much dog training is still thinking like a human. Well. You can do it, but it's not as powerful as going, I want to learn dog language. I want to think like a dog. What really impresses a dog? So you're naturally connecting with these dogs, of course. So how do you help the owners then connect? Are you setting that example by, for you, it, you probably don't have to think much about it. It just comes natural for you, the way you're connecting with these dogs when you first meet them. And then do the owners typically see that and feel really inspired to want to form that connection from watching? Or is it a little bit of um, coaching as well, of course? So, yeah, it's a great question. I don't actually train the dogs a lot of the time. I train the owners. Right. Owner education. So when I when I train the dog, when I'm, I'm a dog trainer, but I'm really an owner educator. So when I work with a dog, I go to somebody's house. I mean, they come to my house now, but for the vast majority of, of time I've been training dogs, I drive to somebody's house, I'd sit down with them, I'd observe their dog. And then, uh, I mean, immediately when I meet the dog, I start putting into place this approach of saying to the dog, I love you and I'm in charge, you're listening to me. No, I don't do what you want, I'm in charge, I'm calling the shots. And some of the things I've seen are just hilarious because these dogs have a little, hey, no, I'm in charge. Don't you tell me what to do. Or the big ones are like, whoa. And the owners are observing what I'm doing and they're going, oh, wow, that's different. We never do that. Oh, we always do what he wants. And they observe what I'm doing. And then I go through my program, which I call the dog calming code, which ties into this, why are dogs stressed? Why? Because at the end of the day, so many of these dogs, when you put this, the dog calming code in place, which is my fun, fundamental program. When you put that in place, you're pretty much saying to the dogs, hey, buddy, I'm in charge. I got this covered. You switch off and relax. It's almost like, who's in charge around here? I am. And the dog's able to take a big sigh and go, finally. And I have had dogs, I've had so many dogs come up to me and say, finally. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about this, because when a dog comes up to you on a consult and says, thank you for taking ownership in this house. And then the dog goes over and has a sleep in the basket and falls asleep. And the owners say, I've never seen him do that during the day. And he never does that when there's, when there's visitors. He normally just barks and gets stressed. And that's the rewarding dogs, part. That's the rewarding part where I go, I know I'm on the right track. Right. Now, how many of these problems that you commonly see relate to stress? So how many dogs are experiencing stress um, that's manifesting as behavioral problems? A lot more than we'd like to think. And what does that look like? So just Yeah, let me flip the question. How many how many humans would you say are you know experiencing stress? Right. And what does that look like? So you know, we think, oh, a stressed human looks a certain way. I don't know. 
They're like, oh, I'm so stressed. They're crying and they're, you know. <laughs> but stress can, you know, there's very lots of different types of stress. People might have a, chewing their fingernails. They, they may have a physical disorder that's starting to reveal itself. You know, they, you know, more and more studies are showing that cancers are caused by this repetitive stress that we can actually have. And then there's the whole stress of just the mental anguish that your brain can't switch off from these patterns. And then you start doing crazy addictive behaviors, you know, we're drinking too much, we're smoking too much, we're whatever. So stress in humans can be so subtle, but we're far from the beautiful, relaxed humans who are. And it's the same for dogs. This is the point. So dogs, yes, they may look stressed because they're running around. We all know, I mean, I say we all know that a dog's stressed, but let me paint a picture. I mean, hopefully people realize this is not a happy, relaxed dog. The little white dog where fluffy little white dog picking on little fluffy white dogs. I love fluffy white dogs, but there seems to be more, probably more stressed out little dogs than big dogs, in my opinion. I think there's an obvious reason why. But the fluffy little white dog where the dog is running around the house going, <laughs> running around, running around the house looking out this window, looking up that, jumping on the couch, looking out the window, looking behind the curtain, barking at something on the street, you know, and then runs down, find his toy, choo-choo-choo-choo-choo. That's not a happy, relaxed dog. It's easy for the owners to go, oh, he's just a crazy little dude. He loves running around. He's crazy. No, that's, that's a dog caught in mental, almost mental hell, you know, absolutely mentally tortured with absolute overwhelm of trying to protect the house, Keep an eye on what's going on out there. Where's John? Where's mum? Where's dad? Where's, don't you leave the house? Bark, 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 don't leave. Stressfully chewing on his toy. So the happy, relaxed dog just lies there quietly in the basket, chilled. I mean, I've had clients say to me, oh, I, after I've worked with them, I think my dog's maybe gone, got depression. Because he, I said, why? Because he's not moving. He's just lying there. We're so not used to dogs relaxing and lying there that we think they've got depression. But if you look at the most of the wild animals, if they're not eating food or playing, they're just relaxing, they're meditating, they're sleeping. I think you bring up a really good point as well that stress doesn't always manifest in really obvious ways either. Like there are plenty of people who are walking around stressed, but they're not walking around crying and hysterical. So we can kind of assume that we shouldn't just address stress and try to help our dogs and prevent stress just because they look stressed. Um, so I think that's, it sounds like that's kind of the point you were going towards as well. It is. And, and it's so yeah. like we talk about stress, but if I know personally, and I'm sure, well, I know there's millions, millions of people in a similar situation. When I'm stressed, I'm far more snappy. I'm far less tolerant. So if I have done 15 weeks solid in a job that I don't like, where I don't really like the people and I'm frustrated and angry and, and somebody comes over and says a joke to me, which isn't funny. And I'm like, what, you know, ah, get out of here. Whatever. If I've been sat on a beach for three weeks, drinking tequilas, walking down to the water, swimming, and, I, and the same person from work suddenly turns up on the beach and we have a chat and they say the same joke. Very lightly, I'll go, oh, because I'm relaxed. So, we become far more snappy and less tolerant is the word that I use. So stress again, if when we're relaxed and we're at peace and we're, you know, we're happy and our hearts are full of love as opposed to frustration and anger and stress and uh, 
We, you know, and this is why or the point I'm trying to make here is this is why when when you put this the dog calming code in place and a dog relaxes and chills out and is it more at peace. When they come across another dog on the street and the other dog, I don't know, does something they don't like, sniffs their butt first or kind of gets a bit, whatever. The dog who's relaxed just goes, walks off. The dog who's totally tensed up and frustrated and on a tight lead because they're so, you know. That makes a lot of sense. And and the same with barking and same with I've got to go and chase this thing. If they're in a stressed mental state, they just, don't listen so they're far easier to train they're far more tolerant of things going wrong far less likely to bark and be snappy and you put them in the car and they're more relaxed which is why at start i said 80 percent of these problems they kind of disappear because so many of them are just they're connected to two things one is the stress but the stress is removed often when they're not the dog is not under the pressure so the bit i haven't really emphasized here is a lot of this philosophy is about at the end of the day when the dogs, when we tell our dogs, you're in charge, you're responsible for making all the decisions in this human world, the little dogs don't understand this human world that we live in. You know, we start talking into a, a, a phone, you know, bah, 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 start shouting. They don't understand it's a phone and we're just having a, you know, or the doorbell rings and somebody turns up with some boxes, a complete stranger. They don't understand that we ordered pizza and that's the pizza man just delivering it. So... When the dogs think they're in charge, making decisions, responsible for looking after you, protecting you, protecting the house, protecting the property, they become far more stressed than when they know you've got it covered. And that's the beautiful thing that I see when I go and work with these dogs. I see them kind of, they, well, I won't go into it. What are some actions that people can begin taking with their dogs to reduce stress in their dogs? Sure. So. At the end of the day, this is the program that I teach. So it's a very, I just want to make sure that people understand. I'm giving you a little piece here, but it's like, this is a piece of a very comprehensive program that's been put in place for 15 years. 88,000 people have used it. It was, I haven't changed a single rule in this program since I brought it on board in 2009 because it's so powerful and it works. So here's, here's an example of the sort of thing. And and these are building blocks. So there's there's many different things you can put in place. And and I'm kind of giving you one higher up, if you know. So this isn't the foundation one. But one of the beautiful pieces, this is like one of the finishing touches. Think of this as a bit like the icing on the cake in a way, is when our dogs are stressed at home and they hear a noise and they're alerted by something and they run over to the window and they go, whoa, 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 whoa. we often are sitting watching telly. We can't see the dog. Dog can't see us. We've no idea what they're barking at. And we go, knock it off, Rover. And Rover goes, rah, rah, rah. and we go, knock it off. That's enough. All that's happening is we're shouting. The dog's shouting louder. The dog, we're barking. We, you know, we might as well be shouting, bark and get rid of them. And the dog's shouting back. I'm barking as loud as I can. And we're saying, shut up. He says, I can't bark any louder. So there's this. So one of the things I share with people is if you think like a dog, what's happening? And if we respond like a dog would understand. So what it is, is when the dog runs over to the window and starts going, you can hear it in their voice. They're like, rawr, 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 stay away, get away, back off. They're sounding the alarm. So something that we can do, and this is quite comical, and sometimes it works better than other times, but it, it always, it does work. When the dog makes that noise, what I want you to do is just sit there very quietly to start with and say, thank you. 
It's the energy. The energy of your voice will make all the difference. You can't say, thank you. It's the energy. The way you say it, the dog picks up on your energy. So, thank you. Now, if the dog, which they probably will, carries on barking, it's almost like they're saying, well, and I've done studies on this. They're almost like saying, well, you're sat over there. You can't even see what I'm looking at. So don't for one second think the dogs are stupid and they that they don't understand what you've just or the energy. But they're not convinced and neither should they be because you're sat in there watching telly. You can't see what they're barking at and they know that. I've done so many studies on this. It's great. But if you stand up and then calmly walk over to where they are, don't look at your dog. Remember, you're not interacting with your dog at this point. You are simply saying, you sounded the alarm, I'll have a look. And you have a look out the window and you go, mm. yeah, thank you. And then you turn and walk away. Don't pat your dog. You do not interact with the dog. You don't say your dog's name. You look out the window, you have a look, say thank you and walk away. And you do it confidently. You don't look back to see what the dog thinks of you saying, I don't think there's a problem. But that's what you're doing, you're saying thank you, no problem. And you walk away. Now, a lot of dogs at that point, if you've done the rest of the program especially, will go, okay, well, you're in charge. You're saying we don't need to bark at the little old lady who walks down the road anymore. Okay. And you're going to sit down. Now, if they carry on barking at that point, what I suggest you do is go get them, put a little, you know, lead on them, walk them into timeout, bathroom, toilet, laundry, garage. Just give them a couple of minutes in there and then let them come out. But the beauty of that, when you get that right, and you do need the building blocks really of the other stuff first but you can put this in place guys you can try this at home it's incredible because once the dogs start understanding that you really are like what i say a 24 7 security guard you've got this covered they will start switching off and relaxing and it's a beautiful thing because you start realizing they're starting to relax to trust you and the number of dogs who after i've done that will lie down in their basket and will switch off and will fall asleep is incredible because they're suddenly feeling safe, that like they're allowed to relax because somebody's got the somebody's on the eye. You know, it's like somebody's got to be on watch. Who's on watch? Okay, your turn to be on watch. The dog's got somebody has to be. And the best bit is after about it, I was a bit of a slow learner, but I got there eventually. After about four years of putting this in place, I noticed that after I'd done the thank you and sat down, a lot of dogs would come over and their little tongues would my hand would be you know, hanging off the chair or something. Dogs would come over and they go. Just a little lick of my fingers. And I go, what's that? And after, like I say, years of this happening, I said, this keeps happening. And it happens at the same time. It happens after I've done the thank you, thank you. And all I can say, and I'm 100% sure, because the energy of every dog is the same. They come over with gratitude, with thanks. They lick my hand. It's almost like a salute. It's like, you got it. You're speaking my language. And so I feel like I'm one of those dog, I'm one of those dog trainers I'm I'm basing all of this on what the dogs are, the feedback the dogs are giving me. So somebody could say, oh, leadership is outdated, old fashioned. It's been scientifically disproven. Well, not to the dogs it hasn't because I see these dogs go, you're in charge. I'm going to switch off. Thank you. And the dog's response is everything to me. Well, also your style of leadership, it's very calm and gentle i mean you're not doing anything physically to the dogs you're just it's an attitude really it sounds like <laughs> yeah it's a loving attitude the same as my i got kids in the front room you know they're just waking up i'm in charge i love my kids but my kids are not in charge they won't just say dad we're eating this we're doing this today well no 
and they're the happiest kids because they've got someone who loves them so much. I'm not letting them just do whatever they want, run riot. It's the same thing. And I've wrote, written a book on it called What the Dogs Taught Me About Being a Parent because it's all about that loving parent, guardian, leader. We don't have many great leaders who love, love, love the, you know, the people that they're caring for, but that's the sort of leadership that this is all about. Right. And just to emphasize, I really think you have to sell that thank you and mean it because a tinge of frustration in your voice, the dogs are going to know. <laughs> so it must take some uh, acting practice <laughs> for for pet owners, not for trainers. But <laughs> No, you're dead right. It does. It, it, it's that whole thing of less is more because you're really going and looking at them. Nah, it's nothing. Walk up. Yeah. Don't pause. It's that confidence. Of going, That's nothing. Don't worry about it. Because they can feel, they sense that. Like if I just, even if I go like this, go. You can feel the energy of I'm looking, going, what's that? What's that? The dogs can feel that. And if it's a quick glance and a walk away, they get it. Quite funny. <laughs> you realize how much they're watching us. And the neat thing about that technique, that doesn't take very long at all. I mean, that's taking a few seconds of the person's time. So what else can you tell us about balancing time management with training your dog or more specifically just preventing stress in our dogs how can pet owners do that without taking up their entire day working with their dog okay so a great question one of the things about this program called the dog common code is it's all about what you're doing already with your dog it's not about doing extra training where you'll leave the house on thursday night with your bag of treats and your leads and walk around the streets for you know or the, or the field with loads of other dogs this is about how you feed your dog, how you interact with your dog, and how you, you know, in your house. It's very, very small things because the food is so important to the dogs, and the way you feed your dogs is absolutely crucial. For example, leaving food down on the ground is the fastest way to screw your dog up. Mentally, just say to the dog, you're in charge, do whatever you want. So if you think you've got what you call a grazer, no, you haven't got a grazer, you've just got a dog who's, who's basically totally in charge so don't leave food down on the ground so you can imagine how quick that is you don't leave food down dog leaves it you pick it up and and so stuff like that doesn't take a split second i can i can walk into a house and i can almost tell when a dog has food left on the ground they are that badly behaved i don't mean they're bad dogs but they are so badly behaved they got no respect and i'm like this dog is out of out of control and i and I can't work it out sometimes. And then I go, oh, there's a bowl of food over here. Got it. Pick that up. Boom. Game changer. So there's things like that. The other thing to give you an idea is, you know, when the dog comes over to you and it jumps on your lap, and it's all very easy to pat the dog and cuddle the dog. But who's calling the shots? Because when a dog doesn't respect your space, as in they just jump on you or demand a pat or come over and say, give me a pat and give me a... It looks like love. But they're in charge, demanding your attention. It's like if I walked up to my wife and I said, hey, babes, just massage me here. Massage me. It's because I love you, babe. She wouldn't massage me. Well, she might if I was lucky. But, but the point is, that if I said, hey, don't stop, keep going. It's because I love you. Keep going. So that's not love. Going around telling somebody to do this or do that is not love. And these little dogs are just constantly walking around saying, pat me, cuddle me, pick me up, do this, do that. And then they do it to everyone else in the house. They end up in this not a happy space. 
because dogs are so aware. Well, and that's important too, because then they do that with other people and not everybody wants your dog up on their lap. (laughs) So you have to really think about how your dog reacts to other people as well. If you enjoy it, that's one thing. But what about people that come over? They didn't ask for that. And, And this is where we go back to the thing at the very beginning. I'm talking about thinking like a dog, not as a human. As a human, you go, well, I like it. Well, that's great. But what does it mean to your dog? And if you understand for dogs, the space is so important. Whoever invades space is in charge. And it, we actually have the same thing going on as humans. You don't go up to your boss on a Monday morning and put your arm around them and say, hey, boss, and ruffle the hair. Hey, boss, you have a good weekend? How are you? What did you get up to? No, you don't invade your boss's space. And that's, you know, you only have to watch dogs. The dog who's in charge might invade the other space a little bit. But if the dog who's not in charge tries to invade another dog's space, get out of my space. So when when the dog comes around and invades our space and demands a pat and a cuddle, it, all it's doing is creating the wrong relationship, the unhealthy relationship where the little dog thinks they're in charge calling the shots. So all you do is you just push the dog away, move the dog away. And when you're ready on your terms, you call your dog to you. They come running. You can pick them up, give them a cuddle, watch the movie for an hour and a half if you want. But it was on your terms. And that doesn't take a second either. But it absolutely revolutionizes this relationship that you have with the dog. And that's the key bit. And that goes back to stress because now your dog doesn't have to worry about unclear rules or changing rules because you've really set those things into place. 100%. 100%. And so, all the, you know, another good example of stress is these dogs who follow you around all the time. How many people listening to this have a dog who follows them all around, all, all the time, all the way around the house? In fact, how many people here, and you, you know, I'll ask the question, but how many people here, when they go to the toilet, their dog follows them into the toilet? Mm-hmm. That's not because the dog wants to follow you into the toilet. Trust me. You know, and I've talked to so many people about this. There's two ways dog dog owners tend to go to the toilet. One is they let the dog into the toilet with them or they shut the door. But as soon as they come out, they start giving the dog all these cuddles and pats and cuddles because the dog sat outside. So you end up with this dog who's not doing all that stuff. They're not following you everywhere. They're relaxed. And not only are they relaxed, not following you around, they also drop into a deeper sleep so they don't hear all these noises because they're not on alert. So they're not barking and wondering. They have an off switch and that is how you finally activate it. But Take the program. Don't just use the tips from this episode. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm happy to give you those tips. but The devil is in the detail. And what I mean by that is you can go, oh, yeah, I'll I'll do that with the food. But there's other pieces regarding food. And and you take it to the next level. And you put that one in place. And then there's another rule we haven't even touched on. That goes in place. Then And it's just a beautiful program that works. And um, and at the end of that, if you want to use some treats for a bit of treat training, for sure. But those treat trainings, using these games, is it's missing the key piece. Um, have you got time for one quick analogy? Yes. I have one more important question for you, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> the analogy I wanted to make is this, this one I'm sharing with you is not really about dog training. This is about dog psychology. And I don't use that word flippantly, but let me give you an analogy, which is why I think this this method is so revolutionarily different because it's not training, it's psychology. If you think of, we've all been to school, a lot of us have been to school. So picture yourself at school and there's a a little old lady comes in the classroom, there's 30 kids there, all making a noise and she comes and she says, sit down, be quiet, turn to page 33, 
get your pens and paper out and everyone sits down. Now, that same class, they do exactly what she says. She's a great teacher. That's, that same class, they go down the corridor at the end of the lesson into another classroom where might be a big, strong young man who thinks he knows what he's doing and he's all confident and brash and kids make loads of noise and he shouts, sit down, turn to page 33, get your pens out. Guys, sit down and shouting and no one's listening and all, you know, all hell's breaking loose in the classroom. People are throwing things and they're laughing. And the question is, do those children need training? As to what sit down means, what turn to page 33 means, what get your pens and books out means. Or, or is it a case of they just don't respect that teacher, but they do respect the little old lady? They did it when she asked. They won't do it when him. And, you know, the whole lesson will be different with this teacher. We've all seen it where I've seen it where how can this class? Might, we're all so well behaved for this teacher. I remember thinking that this teacher would be so embarrassed if they realized how well behaved we are with this teacher. And it's because of the relationship. It's the psychology that that little old lady may have over the whole class. She's experienced. She knows how to get everybody listening to her as opposed to the young new teacher who doesn't get it. He doesn't understand that. And that's where you don't have to spend hours and hours training the kids to turn to page 33 when, when they're listening to you and focused and, and you've got their attention. You've got them on board. They'll do pretty much, they'll turn to whatever page and they'll stand up and they'll sit down. And, and that's what this method's about. It's about getting the dogs on board so they're kind of, they're obedient, problems disappear. Yeah. Relationship first. Relationship first, exactly. So one more question before we wrap it up puppyhood what can people do to prevent stress from becoming a problem if you're starting with a puppy there are things you can do right away to prevent stress further down the line yeah well probably the the main or a lot of the stress that occurs is uh, because this can happen you know this whole thing of telling your puppy they're in charge and they've got to protect the property protect the house stay close to you it all comes from that unhealthy relationship and a lot of it is about interactions that you're having with the dog where you set it up where the dog thinks that they've got to look after you and that's where the separation anxiety comes in so when the dog thinks they're in charge and they're meant to be looking after you they can't be left alone it's about the relationship again so by putting this program in place i mean i literally when i go to work with people and their puppies even if they're just eight weeks old or 10 or 12 weeks old, this is the program. You put this program in place first and that's what allows the puppy to go. I don't need to worry about anything in the world. And you're allowed to come and go out the room. That's a happy, relaxed puppy right there. So we're focusing on human habits, the changes that people can make every day. They don't have to spend eight hours a day training their dog. They just have to change their own habits and focusing on that relationship. What is one more thing you want to share and number one tip you want to share to leave our listeners with? Um, probably the, the main thing I would say is silence is golden. You know, if we take five seconds and just sit here in silence, dog, I've just heard the birds for the first time this morning in the background. And it's this realization that when you sit in silence, feel feel the joy that your dog feels when you're not panicked and talking and moving. Just sit and be with your dog and then see if you can carry that out in, in every activity that you have with your dog, whether you're asking them to get in the car. See if you can do it in silence. When you greet your dog in the morning, just, just be calm and quieter. 
to see the how that energy reflects into every area of your dog's life and imagine you're just a calmer person in general there was a lady actually said what she loved about the dog the dog calming code the program inside the online dog trainer is she's become a far calmer person because she i bet you get that a lot (laughs) so i want to make sure everyone knows where to find you but these links will be right alongside wherever this video is on all of the platforms so those links will be right alongside so that we can just click right over and head to your website but go ahead and tell us again your website and the best places to find you so my website is the online dog trainer Dot com. So T-H-E, online dog trainer.com. That's pretty much all you need. The blogs, the podcasts, the, the programs, the yep, sign up there to my weekly newsletter pup dates and get all the videos and stuff here. And the number one program for addressing stress in dogs, what was that one called? The dog calming code. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Doggy Dan, for being here. This was some great information today. And thank you for our listeners for being here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share this video so that we can reach more pet owners with this valuable information. Thanks again. You're welcome. Good to meet you. Bye. Bye.